0: Right, so last week I wrapped up by you know, um, re- encouraging us from the Book of Jeremiah that you should not disqualify yourself uh, to give yourself disqualify yourself from doing what God has called you to do, uh, by looking at your inadequacies, in a sense, you know, thinking I'm young, you know like Jeremiah said, "Oh Lord, I can't speak because I'm young. If God calls you and is asking you to step, to move, to do what He's called you to do. Then just give yourself to it. You know, he, you can't see as far as God can see. You cannot see the scope. You can't see what God can see. So, if God is saying, "I've called you and I want to use you," the next thing you should do is to give yourself to it, right? And I was sharing with us that God will not throw you in the deep end. Um, he's going to guide you. So Jeremiah, as we are reading from Book of uh, Jeremiah one last week, the Lord said to him, "I will." Uh, you must go to everyone I ask you to go to. So it's one thing for God to call you, right, and it's another thing for you to ask Him, Lord, where should I go? How should I go about this? Like I said last week, that most of us make we make a, a big mistake, right? Uh, we don't ask God, Lord, how should I go about this? And I think I'm guilty of this too. I I, I do find this happen in my life, and I remember times I, I, I I'm thinking I should have learned lesson. enough. I remember there was a time I was looking for a pack of batteries uh, when I was living in London. It's it's just common sense as a as a as a follower of Christ to just ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, where did I put this battery? Guide me, you know. But even though it was coming to my mind, I did not ask, and I spent an hour searching everywhere, lifting books, living because I needed to because I think I was going to do a video recording or something like that, and I need to party, uh, the love mics. I searched and searched and searched. Then it got to a point, you know, trying to humble myself. I said, okay, um, Holy Spirit, please can you guide me to where it is? And in less than five minutes, I found myself taking one or two steps, and I would landed exactly where the battery was. And that's happened in my life several times, and I'm thinking, Lord, when would I learn you ask God questions. I saw the same thing in the life of my, one of my fathers in the faith who's going on to be with the Lord, Papa e. Again. You know, The Lord asked him, told him, I've not called you to pastor. Then immediately Papa Egan thought, wait, if he's not called me to pastor, then he must have, he must have called me to be an evangelist. Papa Egin f- felt, you know, because what was going on in town, that going on among Christian circles, ministers of the gospel at that time, He's an evangelist, you know, evangelism—not evangelism, but to be an evangelist. So the man gave himself to him, uh, to be an evangelist, and he literally lost his home. You know, he, uh, I can't remember the full details, but the ones I can remember, let me recall those ones. So he said the tires of his car worn out. He, he couldn't feed his kids. He was broke, you know, and I remember those are the three, three things I remember from reading that book. Uh, way he recounted um, his experience, so it went from being well adequately provided for to lacking, because he tried to figure out what God is calling him to do with his own mind. So he thought, "Okay, if I'm not this, I'm this." And then the Lord. So when he eventually asked the Lord, you know, he went to the Lord. Go, go, but what was this, and you know? And the Lord said, I didn't ask you to be an evangelist, right? So the Lord, he then asked the Lord, what should I do? And the Lord said, I've called you to a teaching ministry. And given the model of how going to work, you know, going around, and um, long story short, well, he gave himself to it, and he saw the provision and the protection of the Lord in his life and upon his family, which is going to be the basis of what I'm going to be talking about today, talking about uh, the ob- obedience to God's will, guarantees protection and provision for your life. Obedience to God's will guarantees protection and provision for your life. Now, most of the time, we, we want to see the provision of the Lord. We want to see God provide for us before we give ourselves to it. We're going to look at the life of um, this guy, Jeremiah, it's not Jeremiah, uh, Elijah, and see uh, for, uh, see for uh, an example of how giving yourself to the law guarantees provision, uh, yeah, and then protection thereabout, yeah, okay. Um, but something that hit my heart when I was talking, while I was smiling earlier on, was this. Now there's this nonsense going on right now where everybody, a lot of people, wants to be a prophet. It's always been anyway, and even people who are called to be a teacher wants to be a prophet. And if you're watching me for the first time or listening to me for the first time. I want to encourage you to go back to the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, to understand, starting from verse 11, to understand the role of the ministry gift in the body of Christ. Don't be tempted to want to convert your calling and ministry to a prophet so that you can get the recognition of those that the prophets get. You know, I saw some silly things on on media recently, and some people call themselves a council of prophets in some way in the world and they, 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 are, they are consolidating all the prophecies of God over the nation, and they are praying in that, and trying to say, come to pass. And I'm thinking, God, is this what you called us to do? So there is, because of the ignorance in the body of Christ, that has plagued the body of Christ in terms of ministry gift, especially around that uh, ministry gift prophet, you know, because of the ignorance that plagued the body of Christ, a lot of people are looking in that direction to want to be a prophet. They want to get the recognition. They want to speak. And many people are giving themselves to familiar spirit because the prophet is primarily called to preach and teach the word of God. But we know that some gifts of the spirit that operate in the life of a prophet more frequently than others. So this, uh, the singing gifts, the speaking gifts, the vocal gifts, you know, uh, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and you know, all kind of stuff. But those, when those, those, the manifestation of the gift of the spirit is not the premise of the ministry gift of the prophet. So I'm trying to say what I'm saying is this: the the prophet is not called to manifest the gift of the spirit. The prophet is called to build the body of Christ. So whatever God is calling you to do. Find out from the Lord. Lord, what are you asking me to do? What are you calling me to do? Don't be carried away by the title of an apostle. There's another, that's another one. People, you know, so if someone was a pastor and later ordained as an apostle, for someone to be a okay, let me not go there because it would sound unkind. Right. So uh, someone was talking to me, uh, was sharing something with me a few days ago of how they were in the church, and this man uh, has become, uh, maybe it was last week, someone was we're having a chat, so this man was a pastor, then later ordained as an apostle. So they called this person, they not not being aware that the person has been upgraded to apostle, <laughs> upgraded to an apostle. So they called the person a pastor, and then riots broke out because you are dressing the man as a pastor, not as, as an apostle. Shall I be very candid with you? Of all the ministry gifts, the ones that should be respected the most is a pastor. I repeat, of all the ministry gifts, the one that should be respected the most is a pastor. Because he's the one who sits down, who sees the mess of the people. He's the one who cleans up their mess. He's the one who is there when they are sick. He's the one who is there with them when the people are sick. He's, he's, so he's the one who is there when a person pass on and they have to comfort, they have to console. He's the one who gives his time and life to serve and build the people. So if you are thinking bishop, you're thinking apostle, you're thinking prophet, and a lot of people are running after these ministry gifts. They have their place in the body of Christ and their, and their past is also significant. But all the ministry gives the one that should be respected the most is the ministry of the pastor who sits down with the people, who watches the people and and, and watch them grow. He noticed that some behavior and attitude are, are going on at the back behind the curtains of the church, it comes up with training. It, come, it brings people in to coach the people, to train the people, to build the people up. It labors in them in prayer and the word. It teaches them the word of God. It integrates it into their lifestyles so that they can live out the Christian life. So if you don't respect your pastor, who truly labors for you in word and indeed in counsel? How many of you... I've been able to, how many people? Because those I don't those people are not in our church yet. How many people there can easily go to a prophet to, to, fi- to find sound counsel and as how to apply to their lives? They will only prophesy over you, most of them. And many people looking for prophets here and there are found themselves under to be have found themselves in demonic oppression and bondages. Because they are looking for something supernatural, something fickle, something. That's what I'm looking for. Something supernatural. You know, some, that, that, I can't, the word's not coming to my mind. I can see, but I can't, I can't find it. Right. So they're looking for something. Uh, I want to find it. I want to find it. Okay. All right, that's fine. But eh? superficial. Yeah. That's just, yeah, still along the line. Right. But just looking for something that is not there. You, you're looking for something that will, that will make you feel something or get something that you're looking for. The devil is a liar. My, I, I'm very good with English, but I don't know why that word's not coming, but that's fine, right. right. So a lot of people, because they're looking for something that they should not be looking for, they look for something super out, out of the ordinary, right? So they go to all kind of people and they get what they're not supposed to get. I've seen people uh, go into mental problems, you know, psychiatric kind of problems by putting themselves under the ministry of famous, popular prophets, whose name I should not mention. Because when I heard and I see the people, it's just so clear to me that these people are brothers and sisters of the devil himself. And so the report came to me too, that these people, that they so confirmed that they are occultic, but they carry the title of a prophet. So you got to be careful what you're looking for. So I want to wrap up on this one because this is not part of what I want to share today. Just follow Jesus. Let the Lord Jesus lead you to where to go. Today, the way things are going whereby people see the church as a money-making venture and they go get some powers from occultic people to carry out signs and wonders in the church. You know, we are now in a time and season whereby you cannot, you you can't, you can't, Stroll into a church anyhow or or choose a church at random. Finding a church is something you have to pray about and let God lead you. Else you go to a place that seems to have everything you're looking for on the surface, but behind the scenes there are demonic operations. Amen. Praise the Lord. So it's a word from the Lord for for someone there, and I hope he blesses you. So let's get into it. So today we, we are looking at you know obedience to God's will. And we're trying to establish the fact that it is in obeying God that you, that you see provision in a sense. You know, when I was praying for this this morning, I felt like sharing my own story with you guys too, you know, uh, very briefly. You know, my, my finances was not in a good place. You know, there's so much confusion in my life at some point. Well, and all of, that's, all of that confusion came from the wrong teachings I've had about pastory and teaching me, and doing ministry. And I just wanted to get it right. And uh, also, because of the abuse I've seen in the church, I did not want to give myself to what God has called me to do. I was not going to do this. I do not want to pastor. I do not want to be involved in people's lives because the oppression, the manipulation that I saw in the church was just too much, and I didn't want to add to the number. Not that I'm a manipulative or oppressive person, but just don't talk to me about it. Let's do something else. And um, I wanted to be financially prosperous. I wanted to be able to know what to do with myself, you know, what to, do financially, what to do to be financially independent and stuff like that. But they were just not coming. But get my story right, please follow me carefully. But after I gave myself to doing what God has called me to do, I started clearly receiving direction as to what to do to be financially prosperous. So I would say financially where I am now, if I've not given myself to this, I don't think I'll be here. And the more I give myself to this, seeing the need for me to be financially prosperous so that I can God can, through me, pay for most of the things I want to get. You know, other people, other people are not giving, or people will not come in to give. But I, but God has said to me, I should not look at other people's money; that is my source. So I look at Him, and what is able to produce or to bring through me to get this thing going. Because we are not in this to make money; we are in this to bless people and to manifest the goodness and the kindness of God to people. So. Not looking at people's money means I have to be super, super financially prosperous and rich. And if anybody tends to have a problem with me becoming a millionaire, at some point it's their problem. Because what am I doing with the money? I'm not living an exuberant lifestyle. I'm, all the money is going to minister to bless people. Amen. So there was, there was confusion in my life as to what to do with myself, um, how, to, how to get my needs met. know, kind of, There was just a struggle, but you know, I was really struggling. But since I gave myself to doing what God has called me to do, Right. When I pray, it, it's just so easy for me to like talk to the Lord about my finances or what do I do, what do I do. And to be honest with you, since we started this church to up until now, like my finances, you know, I mean, the, the grounds have really changed. Amen. So I want to encourage someone too. I don't know what you, what your struggle is in your life and you're waiting for provision to come before you step into it. It doesn't work that way. You need to give yourself to what God has called you to do. And in asking Him for direction, it's just supernatural. It's just amazing. I get it, I also want to wrap up on this before we go into scriptures. That it says in doing what God has called you to do, that you will you have the confidence to walk with the Lord, to speak to the Lord. It's in doing. It's in, it's in giving yourself to what is called you to do, which is what He has also kind of wired you to do, that you you find some kind of level of peace in your life and sanity. I'm serious, so you can succeed in many other things. Right, but you can't have the kind of fulfillment that God designed for you if you had given yourself to doing what God has called you to do. Right. And everything else in the world will seem more important than what God has called you to do, but it's just a distraction of the enemy. Amen. So let's turn our Bibles to 1 Kings 17 and get some scriptures out for that. First Kings seventeen. Uh Right, I'll read from verse 1. 1 Kings 17, 1, yeah. So this is in the Old Testament, an example of the Old Testament of someone who will experience the provision of God because they gave themselves to what God has called them to do. Amen, let's go. So uh, verse 1, I'm reading from the NKJV, New King James Version. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitant, even the inhabitants of Gilead said to Heab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand. There shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, yeah, the word of, then the word of the Lord came to him saying, get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. We you know something about ravens. Ravens are kind of ravenous birds. They don't share. They just eat everything. Right? So God is sending ravens, birds that, are, that eat everything, in a sense, to provide food for a human being. I mean, it, just makes, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Birds that that they're so selfish is all about them. And he sends this bird to feed a man. I don't want to use that word prophet, because it can inspire some people to want to be a prophet because God can send ravens to feed them. How many times has God how many how many prophets in your lifetime have you seen or have we seen, you know, in our time, this dispensation of grace and faith in Christ Jesus? That birds are brought food to you. Don't, don't let us, please don't let us go there. Right. So, what I want us to pay attention to besides the birds, the kind of, the nature, the kind of birds that were, they were feeding Elijah there, is the fact that God sent him somewhere. God said, go here and I will. So, if Elijah was doubting God and was not going to go to where God sent him to, he would not find provision. So this, is one of the, this kind of message is one of those ones that's challenging for me because it's quite a bit difficult for me to kind of put them in uh, section, section, this section, that. So a few things I'm going to be weaving in as I'm speaking. So as you pay attention, take your notes. I'll probably call a few things out for you there. So God said to these guys, go to, go to this place, and, uh, and he said, you shall drink from the brook there, and I've commanded the ravens to feed the there. So he provided drink from him, for him, and he provided feed, food for him. In a supernatural way. The Christian life is a faith walk, right? So you should expect God to meet your needs supernaturally. Though you have a job, I have a job, I still work in 9 to 5. I'm trusting God. I'm planning to leave 9 to 5 so that I can give myself more to the world, ministry of the word and prayer and do ministry, bless people, do what God has called me to do, right? So the reason why I made that statement earlier on that, you guys should pay careful attention is this. So the fact that God sent you to a place does not mean that you should quit your job. The fact that God called you into assignment and you know, yes, God called you does not mean that you give up everything. So taking it back to what I shared with us last week, ask God. So one of the reasons why many ministers or many Christians, I believe, struggle is because they don't ask God questions. So ask God for direction. So it's one thing for you to hear God. It's one thing for you to know God has called you to do this. It's one thing for you to know that God is leading you in this particular direction. But it's also important that you ask God, how do I go about it? Most of the time, when we are called to do something, we think about who has been doing it, how were they doing it. And it's good to take lessons from other people. But like I said last week, that your ministry is unique, your calling is unique, and no one can fulfill your calling the way you do it. Now, we're going to start looking for another facility for this church and um, if we don't find what is conducive for the people to come in and be able to pay attention, we're gonna be doing. We're gonna go back to home church. But do you know that in the eyes and the ears of many men of God who don't know what they are doing, with all due respect, to them it is a uh, what do you call it setback for me. You're going back, right? You're not making progress. And then they come, ha oh, hey, they had the facility. Now they are meeting in homes. That's his ignorance gone to see. Amen. That's ignorance gone to see. It's just they don't know. They don't know what ministry is about. I've pastored people on Zoom and I've seen them grow. Not that we don't have face-to-face meeting, but I've pastored people on Zoom. I've deliverance on Zoom, even over the telephone. I mean. I've, I've, I think I've impacted people, more people, uh, more people virtually than I've done in person. So when people don't understand, though, I have other systems. To be honest with you, I have other, many other systems that I use to connect with people and you know, and to to ensure that you know they get the best out of uh, being part of this church, right? But and when people come in, one of the feedback we get is you know they are so blessed that we have we run a kind of hybrid church because it's not somebody watching something on YouTube. If you're not in Zoom, on Zoom, uh, right, and you are not in church today, that's it. If you're sitting on Facebook or sitting on uh, YouTube and watching, no, you are not in church, even though this is live. It's when you come into Zoom, it's when you're in church, because it's on Zoom that we hold our prayer meeting before we come, before the, the, the message is been streamed. And the guys who are not able, who are outside of Meeting Kings, who will connect with us, you know, we have someone, we are from Nottingham there, we have from London there. Right. So it's those guys who are on Zoom. So those guys, so we meet on Zoom and we still have, you know, our own family kind of meeting after I have finished teaching. So if a person is sitting down on Facebook and they're watching, ah, I'm part of TTC. No, no, you're not. Because you come on Zoom and sit down there. I know some of the cameras are, are turned off. Oh, wait until there. I say, everybody, turn off your camera. I want to see your face. But just checking, that's why they went waiting I mean. with. Amen. So what I'm trying to say, the reason why I went to detail of that is this. I'm not going to give my ears to what other people expect of me in terms of ministry. It ain't their business. What is most important is, am I hearing the Lord? Am I asking him questions? And I'm taking directions from him. So I've shared some personal experiences with you to to strengthen you, to encourage you. Not to see yourself as you are, you know, not to see yourself, I don't know how to put it this morning. Not to see yourself insignificant, insignificant, unusable, or God cannot speak to you or you are not relevant, or what you're doing doesn't make sense. No, it's, what counts is you carrying out God's assignments the way he wants you to carry it out. Now, the Lord Jesus, you know, rebuking some guys, he said, how would they believe when they do not seek honor from the only true God, but seek honor from other people? So if you are trying to seek the acceptance and the approval of people or the endorsement of people, you you will miss out on God's best. You will miss out on God's plan. You will miss out on God's provision. Because you are no no longer looking up to Jesus. You are no longer looking up to God for direction. You are looking up to man, human beings, many of who don't know what they are doing. And whether you want to believe it or not, when you seek people for direction for your ministry, not that you should not take counsel or hear what they're saying, but when you seek people for direction for what God has called you to do, most of the time, people will give you what it, what, what they have experienced, and you don't even know the mind of people. When some people see you and they think you are not good enough, or they think, oh, are you are you trying to say you want to be a pastor? To Are you trying... And this thing, people think, you don't know what's on people's mind, they can... You know, with their smile. You know how my English friends smile. Women <laughs> though they don't like you and they hate you and they they're, they're, kicking, you, they're, they're kicking you behind. You know, get the, you get a lot of this at work. Become a smile. Not, okay, let me be honest with you. Not everybody who smiles with you at work likes you. I guess they get it. So don't be carried away by this smiling thing. So if the Holy Spirit say, watch your back, watch your back. Even if that person is saying, I just you for I just recommended you for a promotion and I think you are good for that. Don't fall for the niceness of people. Don't fall for niceness of people. Love people. You know, most of the time, the people that you depend on most in the workplace are the ones killing you behind you. See, I'm not trying to paint people bad or trying to make you feel uh, become suspicious of everyone. I'm just saying follow the Lord. So people, the Bible says that the heart of a human being is desperately wicked, talking about the natural person, the unsaved person. Because their heart is open to the devices of the devil. Likewise, the Bible makes us understand that human beings, whose, people who are even saved, who are not renewing their mind, who can give themselves to wickedness. So the fact that the person is a pastor, is a prophet, is an apostle, does not mean they want your good. Or they seek things to be nice and good for you. If they are not spiritually minded, they can plot your fall. Even though they appear as if they want you they, they, they want your best. So don't put your confidence in man. You will be disappointed. Put your confidence in God. And God will find people, genuine, honest people, who can help you or who will help you to build what is calling you to build, who will who will support you. People who are not seeking their own, like myself. And I'm not I'm not I'm not blowing my trumpet. Amen. And the people God is bringing into your life to help you may not be popular, may not be famous, may not look the path, not speak the English, drive the cars. Have the nice house, but they are people of sound character. Believers must learn to seek character in I repeat, I said it last week. Believers must learn to seek character in people and not what people look like, not all the fancy and the luxury and the luxury and what else again is there again? Not all the luxury stuff, the, you know, the shining things, no, character. Who is this person at the core? I can share with you, Andrew, which we hope many of us can see, many mega churches today grew by compromise. I've seen a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes in, in, in many churches, in, many, in the life of many believers. I've had people come through me who, I know, they, I, know, I know what they know, I know what they don't know. And you check their profile on social media and they'll call themselves the coach, um, they give themselves all manner financial consultants, all manner of titles, and they are taking money out of people. But basic work they cannot deliver for me. I give them work to do, which I will pay for. They did, they did not meet any criteria of what they said they are able to deliver. Now he's making me to doubt what they call to be their work. It's not theirs. So if you go by what you see, the the car they drive, the English they speak, the job title they put on, you will be deceived. Human beings are funny. So just walk with the Lord. Ask the Lord questions. Let him guide you. Let him lead you. Don't depend on human beings for provision. See, if I are dependent on people for provision, we will not be here today. I depend on the Lord, on the Lord only to supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I depend on him to make me that millionaire, to bring in those money, those resources, those facilities to do what he's called me to do. I didn't call myself. I think that's another problem. When we have a personal agenda in what God has called us to do or besides or around or in what God has called us to do, we give ourselves to manipulative things and we become manipulative and we can be manipulated. Put your trust in the Lord. He called you. He will guide you. He will lead you. Put your trust in him. Amen. So going back to the to the story of our brother Elijah. <laughs> Sorry, my things take time to, to come up. Right. So he said, I will command the angels to feed them. let's refer that down about this uh, uh, this guy. So where did I stop? Okay, verse four. Uh, so let's go to v- verse five says, So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. So if Elijah had not gone to do according to the word of the Lord. He would not see the provision. Friends, I hope I'm telling your heart to depend on the Lord. To depend on the Lord. You know, we live in a society whereby that makes it kind of easy not to depend on the Lord. I, I, used, to live on, I used to live on credit card because it was there. And one day I realized that my confidence was on the credit card, not on the Lord. And instead of it to trust God to be able to meet your need and give you the wisdom and inspiration to meet the needs, it's like, okay, if I need it, I'm just going to go to credit card. And one of the, most, one of the biggest failures in my life, which I was sharing with my wife yesterday, was because I followed the path of least resistance and I depended on people. So I used to have this friend, you know, because um, experience I kind of rich, you know, and because I was not working, I did, you know, I was, I was doing cleaning job and, I know from time to time I'm a financial need. And I was like, you know what? Well, if I need money, I can, borrow, I can easily borrow from this guy and then I'll return it. But a lot, you know, but it was something, it, it, I had a light bulb moment one day, like, guy, do you know one of the reasons why you've been struggling is because you put your confidence in this guy and people that they can borrow you money. And I've also realized that many Christians are like that. And many people from the black community are like that. When they have a need, they just believe they can go to someone to borrow their money and that's it. And I thank God, since I got married, I've not borrowed money to meet my family need or to buy anything that as far as I need. Yeah, I, I've taken loans for, I've taken uh, car loans, which I, you know, as soon as I took it, I fig- figured out my way paid it back very quickly because I needed the car urgently at that time. Oh, no, I think it wasn't, it wasn't a car loan. It was a, um, um, okay. Well, we had the car thing because I would, I, I because I'm, I'm streaming this online. I will, not, I will not give you that information for free. But I didn't use the car loan. You know, okay, I'm not saying more about it. I get it. But it's the way you you get the best deal. But that's what I do anyway. I get me. So I've I've taken loan from one thing or the other. You know, on because of the provision that is there, just so that I can take advantage of it. But I'm not I'm not in any debt. The any kind of the de- only debt I'm in right now is my mortgage. People will not consider that debt, but for me, it's debt. The, ho- the house is not my home. Even though it's in my name, they call me homeowner. I'm not a homeowner until I pay off that, that mortgage. Amen, that's another level. Amen. So, one of the biggest failures in my life was because I trusted in this guy. Um, I just, by default, like if I need money, and to be honest, I was highly ridiculed, embarrassed. Ah, is why blessed me with all manner of embarrassment. Attitude. And it's, it's, not, it's not fault of, of any of others. It is myself. I deserved it. Because I put my confidence in the people instead of God. I followed the path with little resistance. And a part of things I was saying last week, that was part of my regret. And my resolve now is this. If there's anything God is calling me to do, which I have demonstrated to a degree back in the day, and that's why I did not follow the arranged marriage path. I'm gonna give myself to the path with the hardest resistance. I'm gonna I'm I'm raising my standard so high. You no. Know, if God says to me, I want to do this, I'm asking him now. I'm trained to ask God how. And I'll tell you most of the time they are not convenient. And I'll follow that hard path. Friends, be, uh, take care, uh, I mean, pay careful attention to this. It's not that God cannot meet your need in a way that is very comfortable for you and things like that. If it takes you through a challenging route, route, and I'm not saying problem, challenging, I mean, I mean challenging, that you have to exact your energy, exact your mind. I'm not saying demonic problem, sickness, and disease, please. Right? Now, I want to believe that God is looking at what your muscles will look like by the time you go through that challenge. What you will look like. So... And this is kind of how I'm gonna raise my kids. I'm gonna allow my kids to do some things by themselves because I can see the benefits to them, what they will be like after they've gone through it. I wish my parents allowed me to go to certain things and train me to certain things. I was supposed to try to just put everything on my lap and stuff like that. I remember at some point, someone was accommodating me and uh, I don't. there's a lot of my story I'm sharing with you guys this morning. Someone was accommodating me and I said to myself, when I, was in the, when, I, when I was new in the UK. And I said to myself one day, I said, you know what? If I stay here, I will be useless. Because this woman, bless her heart, just seemed to like, give everything. You know? you know, when I have a chance, I told don't worry. And she tries try to use her credit card to get me something. And I said, hmm. As long as this comfort, this cushion is here, I'm not going to move forward. So I started, I, I branched out. And that's why I took a cleaning job. Even though I didn't want to do a cleaning job, you know, At some point, I was watching 30, 30 toilets in the morning, every morning, non fill Monday to Friday, 30 toilets, 30, on three floors. The basement, first floor, second floor, I think, yeah, basement, first floor, second floor, I think that's how far I, go, I went. And they saw that I was so good in cleaning the toilet, they, they, they moved me to Sky Station in Camden, and I was cleaning the entire first and second floor, the wooden floor. Is it, is it, is it a crime to, be good, to do what you do, to do it well? You know, the first day I got the cleaning clean job, the guy, the supervisor or the manager gave a feedback to the guys who brought me in. Like, like man, for a guy started for the first time, this guy's very good. I get it. whatever I do, I do it well. I was a cleaner and I was very good at the cleaning. And my wife can tell now that the cleaning experience is working in the house because when I clean, I clean. Amen. But I've always learned to follow the hard, the hard route, not to follow the easy route, but the area of my life that I follow the, the, the easy way, try to take the easy way out. It came with a huge embarrassment. Ah, no, 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 no. My wife can tell you how much this person and some other people, I mean, ridiculed me. The Bible says the borrower is a slave to the lender. You know, when you, when you form the habit of borrowing and you are not ready or willing to exert your brain, your mind, and to find out how God wants to meet your need, yeah. You, you give people who are not mature the opportunity to condescendingly deal with you. You give them the opportunity to, to cast an impression, of, to have an impression of you. And they will take advantage of you. They will take it for granted. Come to me. I will give you full lowdown of my experience. They will treat you as a non-entity. Not that they, they want to in a sense, but it's just a human nature. I remember someone you know, a lady as well, you know, a lady or so, a wife of somebody that I know too, because I was used to you know, borrow me this and i return it. and for me, every money I borrowed from everyone I've returned every I, No one can come up to me today and say, "Today is owing me," except the mortgage lender Amen. I really want to I really want to teach this morning, but this is what I come from my heart. And I, I saw it because the Lord spoke to me. that I'm gonna share some of my personal story with you guys this morning. I don't know why, but I'm just gonna do what has called me to do because this is what I'm teaching and I have to practice what I'm teaching. Amen. So trust the Lord to meet your needs. Be ready and willing to you know, be ready and willing to follow the path of hard resistance. Because you will grow, because God can see what you are like, what you will be like, what you will grow into. The stamina, the muscles you know, that you will have developed in the process of learning, of growing. Because developing those muscles mental muscles, emotional muscles, stability, toughness those are the things that will qualify you to do what is called you to do. Amen. As the time is up, uh, let me quickly finish with this Elijah guy. And it happened after a while that the brook dried. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. So God called him to a place, right? Watch this. So the fact that God called you to a place doesn't mean to your permanent residence. Somebody say change. Say change. So you must be ready and willing to change. So the fact that God called you to a place doesn't mean that you're a permanent residence. Yeah, he started with he you actually to be a project manager. Yes. Now he's asking you to switch to go into Entrepreneurship. To leave your nine to five job, Tonight you're speaking to yourself, right? <laughs> to leave your nine to five job, and you are thinking, Lord, how? He knows what he wants to, because nine to five job cannot help you, cannot empower you to a pastor. I don't know I was not going to use that example, but it just came out as I was speaking. So God called you to a place, He called you to be an assistant pastor, and He's now saying, "Guy, now I want you to go and start your church." You're thinking, "Ah, uh-uh, ah, no, I like it how I come here as I assist this guy." Or you're a floor member in the church. When I say floor member, you're not doing anything. And God is saying, you got to step up to go help this man of God to to plan this church. He's saying, ah, God, no, 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 I'm not qualified for that. So we must be, so God led you to that church and he's not saying you should step up. You're saying, ah, no, I like it here. I'm an operations, okay, let me, let me upgrade you a little bit. Operations, you know, I'm operations. My calling is operations. But God is saying, no, I want you to step into that leadership position. That pastor has called for people to, f- to step into this position. I know your family setting does, not, it does not al- setting does not allow it. It doesn't seem to be conducive. But you have to give some things up for this. He said, ah, no. Father, this is what you called me to do. You didn't call me to do this. Watch out. A time will come or may come where the brook will dry up. You will not find any fulfillment or comfort or peace where you are because God has moved on and is moving you to the next level. Don't forget that. See, your life is a journey. Your life is a growth journey and God wants you to grow. If all believers were not growing, do you think you guys were blessed today as you're watching and listening to me? If I didn't step up and I respect a lot of men of God that stepped up, went out of their comfort zone with their family, some travel miles, hundreds of miles every day, to pastor a church with their family. Which many of their children, for the ones that did it well, their children are graceful. One of them is a Bobby Bob-Yandian. Bobbiandian's father would travel hundreds of miles every morning, one way. I think it's 150 miles, I can't remember. So 300 miles, if I can't, can, but I know it's over 100 miles. every day, And he's usually the first person to get to the church. To pastor a church. And look at what Bobbiandian is today. So when the Lord says, move, move, And that's why we have to keep asking God questions. Amen. I'm trying to wrap up, guys. Sorry. Uh, So then, uh, where did I start? Verse 7. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Right. Uh, Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And the story goes on. So we're talking about obedience to God's will. It's a journey. And we must be ready to move with the Lord. Now we are making a move too. I mean, it was good the time we came here. It was very helpful. But now we have to move. Because it would be stupid of me to say I did not you know, to ignore what I saw this morning and what I've been seeing. And I've been seeing these things, but I was just not paying attention. I was just like, you know, we have the word of God. People are blessed, blah, blah, blah. But we, last week, every, all, the, all the things that I've been seeing just came up together in my mind. And I just saw the full picture. I was like, no, no. And I was like, from very, very day one, I've been saying something is not right with this. Something is not right with that. So I'm going back to the Lord. Lord, where do we go? Amen. So, I've covered a lot of stuff with you guys. I'm saying that it is following the Lord that guarantees protection. Right? Um, next week, I will talk about the fact that when we don't obey the Lord, the consequences, right? Last week, I said, don't disqualify yourself. Today, I'm saying protect, protection, provision is in where God is calling you to do and ask questions. So, next week, I will look at why when you don't do what God has called you to do, I'm, I'm trusting God to be able to help you paint a picture to see what is not, what, I mean, what is being, what's not happening or what's been destroyed or what you're losing when we don't give ourselves to it. And it, our, my mission is not to make you guys regret or have any kind of sense of regret. No, it's just for you to know that when you're not doing this, it's having an impact. Amen. Let's bow our heads of prayer. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word that's come to us and uh, the stories and the personal stories you wanted us to we share together today for the fellowship, for the heart-to-heart conversations we have today and lord we thank you for we believe that we're strengthening and we pray that your words will come again to our hearts during the week and um, we'll be able to we'll be strengthened to give ourselves to what you call called us to do we pray for the boldness to ask questions we pray for boldness not to to question to challenge uh to challenge conventional thinking and to give ourselves to what you have called us to do so that we can see the result you have in store for us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord.